Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. And this, once again, is the story of Jesus multiplying the loaves. If you remember, uh, it starts back in John chapter 6. If you've been listening with us this week, we've already gone through the miracle where Jesus has the multitude where you have 5,000 men, probably total 10 to 20,000 people. I mean, this is a lot of folks that Jesus feeds. And he asked Philip, you know, where are we going to get the food to feed these people? And then Philip answers him with a, another question, well, how are we going to feed so many people? I mean, even 200 denarii will not feed this many people. And then Jesus takes the lunch of a little boy and multiplies the loaves and the fish until there are 12 basketfuls of fragments. And so we see at the close of this story, um, Jesus walks on water. He goes to the other side of the lake of the Sea of Galilee, and we pick up at verse 22. So we're going to just read just a few verses today. This would be uh, John 6, 22 through 27. This is the English Standard Version. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Dipirius came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Interesting story. So the people rightfully observed that Jesus did not get in the boat with his disciples. We know the story. The disciples get in the boat. They start to go across now, there's a strong wind that blows, and Jesus walks out on the water, four miles on the water to get to them. So they rightfully observe that Jesus does not get in the boat with them, but somehow he ends up on the other side. Now, they ask him an important question. They come from Tiberias, and uh, they ask Jesus, Rabbi, when did you get here? When did you come here? Now, this is a lot like the questions you find in John's Gospel. They seem to be off target, they seem to be off subject, but they're really what it's all about. They're seeking Jesus, and Jesus cuts right to the chase. Jesus is like, look, you're not here because I work great signs. You're not here to hear my teaching and to change. You're here because you got your stomach filled. Now, in the ancient world, this may seem strange to us, like today, okay, this is kind of weird. But in the ancient world, a lot of people uh, would go and listen to great teachers with no intention of ever changing. This is kind of like the pastime. You could go listen to someone, but you would never intend to change your life. And also you had this client situation where you'd have a patron and a client in the ancient world. The patron would do nice things for the clients and he would expect something in return. So if Jesus were going to kick off this messianic campaign, he was going to be the new king of Israel, he would do nice things for the people, kind of like the Roman emperor who would give bread to the people to win their approval. Then they would ask of favors, political favors. So this is a game that people played, and so people understood this. And so they looked at Jesus, okay, he fed them, so maybe Jesus wants something from them. But Jesus gets to something deeper. 
He tells them, look, this is not about the food. It's not about the physical needs. C.S. Lewis said it best. C.S. Lewis talked about that we have needs that are so deep that if we're honest with ourselves, if we're really honest and we really think about it, there's nothing on this planet that will, that will fulfill those deepest needs. No matter how good our job is, no matter how great our, our house is or how many cars we have or how great it seems our life is, there's a deep soul ache that we all have. And nothing in this world, nothing temporal, can fulfill that need. I mean, we know we have a death problem. If we're just honest, we know that we're going to die. We know our own physicality. We know that no matter how successful we are, one day we will meet our end. And we can't take this stuff with us. So no amount of human bread or food, no amount of human material things can fix our greatest problem. And so Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter and he says, look, don't work for this food that's just temporal. I mean, it is important. People need to eat. We don't want people to starve. But he's like, look, there's something a lot more important than physical food. But it's a food that endures to eternal life. So there's this idea of eternal life. John's gospel is about eternal life. He tells us in his mission statement that he wrote these things so people may believe in Jesus and in believing in him have eternal life. So the very reason he wrote this gospel was so that we can attain eternal life. Now, there are certain qualities of eternal life. We sometimes relegate eternal life to what's going to happen when we die. A person goes to heaven, that's eternal life. That's really not what John's talking about. That's part of it, but not all of it. According to John, there's a certain quality of life that begins now. Now, there's different words for life in Greek, and you can look these up, but bios is the basic biological life. That's just you know, the breath of life that's in us, and sometimes that runs out and we die. Then there's zoe, which is a, a more of a fullness of kind of life, the good life. You hear people say that all the time, I want to live the good life. Or you'll see the bumper stickers or the, uh, the signs on cars that say, you know, the good life, or life is good. Zoe is the good life. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, having a good job or having all the stuff you want. But the good life is having a sense of satisfaction. But every day you wake up and you know you have a purpose for your life. There's a sense of deep fulfillment in your life. There's people out there that are miserable right now. They're just going through the motions. They're getting uh, through life day to day. They're just existing. Now, who would want an eternal life like that? I mean, if eternal life was just living forever, if that's what Jesus is about, could you imagine prolonging a life like that that's just miserable for all eternity? That, that would be hell is what that would be. So Jesus is talking about a type of life that begins in quality. Now, not just quantity, but quality now. A quality of life where we have purpose. We have acceptance. We know that we're loved by God. We know that we have an eternal relationship with Him. We know that we have a reason to be here, to wake up every day. A sense of deep fulfillment, that deep soul itch that we have that Jesus gives to us. And then John will tell us that eternal life begins now. It's not something that begins in the future, but it begins in this life. And we become followers of Jesus Christ in some way. Eternal life begins in the now. Now, of course, there's going to be our physical death. We all have that coming. And Jesus will take care of that. We will be raised to live forever. But this eternal life is a quality of life that begins and it begins now, according to Jesus. And so we can start living that eternal life in the now if we follow Jesus, that he will give us 
what we truly need. Now, we may think we need other things, but what we truly need is Jesus. In this story, he's reminding all of us that there's something a lot more important than physical stuff. There's this deep soul itch that only Jesus can provide the fulfillment of, of that ache that we have deep inside. Well, once again, thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate you as you follow along with our readings in John chapter 6. We'll close out John 6 tomorrow with Friday's podcast. We'll finish up this reading in this wonderful chapter, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. God bless. Mm-hmm.